she finds her daughter on the floor of her bedroom, shot and bleeding and turning blue. episode of Killer Kids. This episode is extremely tragic. I'm going to jump right into it. I hope you guys are prepared for this tear-jerking story because I know I definitely got emotional when I first researched it. On May 9th, 2019, 15-year-old Martise Fuller shot and killed his ex-girlfriend 15-year-old Kaylee Juga in her parents' home in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Before I jump into this tragic case, I of course have to give you guys some quick background information on Kenosha. With a population of 99,986 residents, Kenosha is the fourth largest city in Wisconsin. It's located about 40 miles from Milwaukee and is currently undergoing a huge gentrification. The crime rate in Kenosha is 22% lower than the national average. Your chances of falling victim to a violent crime are 1 in 256 and your chances of falling victim to a property crime are 1 in 70. On the actual Kenosha Police Department website, an annual crime report for 2019 and 2020 were not yet published, but on the Wisconsin Department of Justice website, the 2020 annual arrest report states that there were a total of 22,469 juvenile arrests that year in the state of Wisconsin. 807 of those Arrest were for violent crimes. Martise Fuller was born on May 16, 2003. He was born and raised in Kenosha. I couldn't find a lot of information on Martise's parents. What I was able to find was that his parents also lived in the Kenosha area. Martise attended Bradford High and was a star athlete. He took a lot of pride in being athletic. He ran track in middle school and played football while at Bradley. There are actually several videos online of Martise's highlights playing football. His Max Preps profile online listed him as his team's quarterback. It's safe to say Martise was definitely hoping to gain some scholarships playing football. 
Martise and Kaylee were in a loving yet tumultuous relationship. The two met in school and had several classes together. They were together for about 10 months. The couple had many loving memories. Because the two were so young, they didn't really go on dates. But Martise spent a lot of time with Kaylee and her family. He was often over for dinner, movie nights, and even spent Thanksgiving and Christmas with the Juga family. 15-year-old Kaylee was a loving and extremely supportive girlfriend. Whenever Martise had a football game, Kaylee and her mother, Stephanie, were right there front and center taking pictures and cheering him on. Kaylee would take a picture of Martise, go on Twitter, and tweet what a great job Martise was doing. On October 18, 2018, before one of Martise's big games, Kaylee tweeted him saying, quote, Good luck tonight, babe. Show them what you're made of. End quote. And a month prior to that game, on September 17, 2018, Kaylee snapped a photo of her and Martise and tweeted, quote, blessed with the best, end quote. Martise was Kaylee's first boyfriend ever, and she loved him dearly. Although their relationship seemed loving, things began to change when a whole different side of Martise began to scratch the surface. Martise was very controlling. He would check her phone and was always questioning Kaylee about where she was when the two weren't together. His controlling behavior quickly turned abusive. On one incident that happened at Bradley, in front of many classmates, Martise and Kaylee were arguing when he suddenly grabbed Kaylee by her ear and dragged her to the ground. Another incident that actually involved campus resource officers and the principal occurred on January 17, 2019. Kaylee was walking to class when Martise approached her in the hallway and he wanted to talk, but Kaylee didn't want to talk. When they walked into class, Martise sat next to Kaylee. Kaylee quickly asked her teacher to have Martise moved but Martise refused. He then got up and tried to grab Kaylee's cell phone out of her hand, but Kaylee was holding onto her phone tight. So Martise grabbed Kaylee's wrist, bending it backwards and yanking the phone out of her hand. He then threw the phone back at Kaylee when ordered by the officer to give it back. The principal placed Martise under an abeyance agreement. An abeyance agreement is a contract between the school and the student. The contract states all the rules the student must follow in order to avoid getting expelled. Martise's agreement stated that in order for Martise to remain at Bradford High, he must have no contact with Kaylee while they are there. And he was removed from all of the classes the two shared together. Kaylee told her parents about the incident but Martise and Kaylee managed to convince her parents that the incident was blown out of proportion and it wasn't as big as the school made it out to be. 
Kaylee's parents allowed Kaylee and Martise to continue seeing each other, but warned Kaylee to keep her guard up. Now, before I go on, I want everyone to understand that domestic violence isn't just hitting your partner. It also involves controlling your partner's mind and convincing them that it was just a mistake and it won't ever happen again, followed by apologizing a million times. A month after that incident, Kaylee decided to break up with Martise, and this time it's for real. She ignores his calls, ignores his text messages, and just avoids him completely. On February 28, 2019, Martise confronted Kaylee. He cornered her against lockers and demanded that she spoke to him. But Kaylee just ignored him. She managed to break free and walk away from him. But Kaylee was scared. And the next day, she reported that incident, and Martise was actually expelled. Martise getting expelled basically meant that he couldn't play on the football team anymore. And being on the team meant everything to him. It was his future. It was his ticket to scholarships. Martise told many of his friends that Kaylee, quote, ruined his life, end quote. After getting expelled, Martise began stalking Kaylee. He would call her numerous times at all hours of the night. And when she would ignore him, he would use his friend's phone to call her. He would even call Kaylee's job repeatedly. It got so bad that Kaylee had to actually quit her job. In a letter that she wrote to her manager, Kaylee says, quote, Thank you for the opportunity to work for this company. I appreciate you hiring me for my first job. Unfortunately, due to the situation that has been going on in my personal life, for my safety, I will have to look for a job with multiple people around and somewhere where he does not know where I work. End quote. That was a letter that Kaylee wrote to her manager at the dry cleaner that she worked at. Before Kaylee quit her job, her manager agreed to actually keep the door locked in case Martise ever showed up. But Kaylee became too scared and she just couldn't do it anymore. After Martise got expelled, his anger towards Kaylee began to grow into hatred. He started asking many of his friends where he could get a gun. He wanted a gun to use as, quote, protection, end quote. Martise even went as far as sending one of his friends a Snapchat message asking if he could help him get a gun. During this time, Martise left his grandparents' house where he was living at the time and just randomly began staying with friends. He couldn't go back to his parents' house because of negative interactions he had with them in the apartment. Now, I couldn't find what those negative interactions were. Um, it's strange to me that he couldn't go back home. His parents didn't want him home at all. The nights Martise spent at all of these different friends' houses 
often became therapy sessions for him, where he would confess his hatred for Kaylee and how he wanted to kill her. By mid-April of 2019, Martise managed to get a gun, a semi-automatic pistol, and he also got 380 PPU ammunition. On May 6, 2019, just three days before the tragic murder, Martise spent the night at another friend's house named Desiree. Martise and Desiree have known each other for quite some time. That night, Martise told Desiree how Kaylee and her mother, Stephanie, had made his life a living hell, and they had caused him to lose what he loved most. He asked Desiree to help him kill Kaylee with the gun he had, but Desiree never agreed to helping him. She just offered him a place to rest that night. The following morning, after leaving Desiree's house, Martise actually sent Desiree a message on Facebook, saying, quote, Do that hit with me. End quote. May 9th was just another normal day for the Juga family. Kaylee's younger brother went to school, her older brother went to work, her dad went to work, and Kaylee went to school. Kaylee's mother, Stephanie, always picked Kaylee up after school, and that day was no different. As the Juga family went about doing their day-to-day routine, Martise is being dropped off at one of his friend's house, who lives less than a mile away from Kaylee's house. When Martise gets to his friend's house a little before 2 p.m., he tells his friend that he needs to go to his grandmother's house. So he leaves his friend's house, gets on a bike that he borrowed from another friend, and headed over to Kaylee's house with a backpack full of clothes. In that backpack was the gun. Meanwhile, back at the Juga residence, Kaylee and her mom are just getting home. Kaylee's mom parks her car in the driveway heads inside with Kaylee, leaving her garage door open. Now, I want you guys to remember, Martise knows the Juga family, he knows their day-to-day schedule. I mean, he was Kaylee's boyfriend for 10 months. He spent time with the family. He knew who would be home and who wouldn't be home. And he knew exactly when to go there. Inside the house, Kaylee was getting ready for work, playing loud music, and her mom was in the bathroom. They had no idea Martise was across the street in the park. Around 2.56pm, Martise enters the house through the garage, heads upstairs into Kaylee's room, and shoots her five times. Kaylee's mom hears the gunshots accompanied by Kaylee screaming and run towards Kaylee's room and comes face to face with Martise, who was holding the gun. Martise points the gun at Kaylee's mom, and Stephanie says, quote, you don't have to do this, end quote. And Martise says, quote, yes, I do, end quote. He then lowers the gun and points it at her chest and shoots her once. Stephanie manages to run back to her bedroom 
closing the door behind her, but while she was trying to close the door, Martise fires the gun again. The bullet hits Stephanie on her left wrist. Stephanie then runs to her bathroom and locks the door. In the bathroom, Stephanie calls her husband Nick and then immediately calls 911. Here's some audio from that 911 call. Now before I play the audio, I want you guys to just know that I extracted the audio from the trial, so it may not be very clear, but you will be able to make out what Stephanie and the dispatcher are saying. I want to thank WJTD News for their amazing live coverage of this case. All right, here is the audio. to the Juga home in three minutes, secure the downstairs and head upstairs where they can hear Kaylee's mom calling out for help, and rush into Kaylee's room where they find Kaylee on the floor and her mom kneeling next to her trying her best to perform CPR despite being shot twice. She wanted to save her daughter's life. Officer Eckert of the Kenosha County Sheriff Department began to perform CPR on Kaylee. Realizing that the CPR was not helping, he called out for another officer to come upstairs. Deputy Wagner quickly rushed upstairs and helped Officer Eckerd carry Kaylee outside to the front lawn and they continued CPR until paramedics could take over. Emergency medics also began to perform CPR on Kaylee. 
After numerous attempts to rescue Kaylee's life, no pulse was being detected. Kaylee was officially pronounced dead just a few short minutes after being shot. Kaylee's mother, Stephanie, was rushed to a nearby hospital where she had to go into surgery. Kaylee's autopsy revealed that Kaylee had a total of five gunshot wounds. She had three gunshot wounds on her chest, one gunshot wound just right under her ribs, and another gunshot wound to her head. The gunshot wound to her head was just under her jawbone. Kaylee's mother, Stephanie, had to undergo surgery three times. She had a bullet that was lodged in her chest that surgeons were afraid to remove because of potential damage to other organs. After shooting Kaylee's mom, Martise quickly leaves the home through the garage, runs back into the park where he changes clothes, gets back on the bike, and rides his bike away from the Juga home. He was later picked up by a mutual friend of Kaylee's around 3.30, and when he gets in her car, he starts crying and tells her friend that, quote, a group of girls who knew him shot Kaylee, end quote. Things moved pretty quickly in this tragic case. Back at the Juga residence, Detective Brightshaft of the Kenosha Police Department Investigation Bureau arrived as well as Officer Valeri and collected numerous amounts of evidence. They collected blood from the carpet upstairs and they collected a total of six cartridge cases from Kaylee's bedroom as well as two bullets. One of the bullets was actually lodged into the floor. In the following hours of Kaylee's tragic murder, police could not locate Martise. Martise had began to visit numerous family members in the Wisconsin area and was always seen by his family carrying a black backpack. What was in that bag? Martise had clothes and the semi-automatic pistol he used to shoot Kaylee and her mother. While visiting another family member, Martise had grabbed a trash bag and a diaper. He placed the gun in the diaper, taped the diaper, and put the diaper in the trash bag. Martise and his cousin then threw the gun in the sewer. By this time, police still had no idea where Martise was, but the search for Martise began. Law enforcement named Martise as a suspect and began to ask the public for information on Martise's whereabouts. His face was all over the local news. The Fuller family became aware of Martise being wanted after watching the news that evening and seeing a picture up of him. The search for Martise was intensifying. One of the family members' homes was actually raided in efforts to locate Martise, but he wasn't there. Martise was at a cousin's house when Martise's cousin became aware of her aunt's home being raided. She knew something had to be done. On May 10th, 2019, around 6 a.m., Martise's cousin called 911 to inform them that Martise was at her house and he wanted to turn himself into police custody. Kenosha police arrived shortly after, placed Martise in handcuffs and brought him into custody for questioning. When questioned by police about his whereabouts on May 9th at the time of the shooting, 
Martiz told police that he was at his mother's house at 12 p.m. and took a nap until about 2.45 p.m. He then woke up and went to a nearby park for a walk. When police questioned Martiz's mother about that, she initially told police the same, but then came clean and admitted that Martiz was never there that day. Martiz was charged with first-degree intentional homicide, attempted first-degree intentional homicide, and burglary. In Wisconsin, any child that commits a crime between the ages of 10 and 17 are considered juveniles. Their cases are usually handled in juvenile court. If a child between the ages of 14 and 17 commit a very serious crime such as murder, reckless homicide, sexual assault, hostage taking, kidnapping, armed robbery, aggravated burglary, or any drug-related crime, their cases are wavered to adult court. Because Martiz committed murder, he was actually charged as an adult, and his bail was set at $1 million cash bond. On May 24th, Martiz entered a plea of not guilty. Now, this is where things really take a crazy turn. A trial date was initially set for Martiz, but that date had to be postponed after it was discovered that Martiz and his mother, as well as other family members, could have possibly tampered with the jury. It was discovered that certain members of the jury might have known Martiz's parents. Martiz faced an additional charge on soliciting communication with jurors. After new jury was selected, another trial date was set, but that trial date had to also be postponed due to COVID. Martiz's trial officially began on March 15, 2021. This is almost two years after Kaylee was tragically murdered. Martiz was in custody that entire time. During the trial, District Attorney Angelina Gabrielle called numerous witnesses and officers to the stand to recount what happened on that tragic day. Kaylee's mother, Stephanie, also took the stand to relive that horrifying moment in her life. Martiz was sitting just a few feet away from her, and he wouldn't even look at her. Numerous members of Martiz's family also took the stand stating that he had admitted to them that he killed Kaylee. Martiz's defense presented no evidence, and Martiz declined to testify. The evidence against Martiz was overwhelming. They had the gun, they had surveillance footage. It was just unbelievable. On March 19, 2021, Martiz Fuller was found guilty on all charges. Martiz was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Here is some audio from that sentencing. It was unfathomable for all of us to think that a boy 15 years old could plot and plan ruthlessly to kill Kaylee and her mother. There's no final day for them, their loved ones, or for your own family. 
Your actions killed a young girl, wounded and scarred a mother, damaged two brothers and a father, and that damage will not end emotionally, physically, or societally. Their burden is enormous and endless. This was a family that warmly admitted you into their circle of family and friends. They ate with you and included you in family activities. They were good to you. They considered you a friend of their daughter. And when teenagers of all ages choose to date and be with friends with other people, you decided you would not allow Kaylee to make that choice. Martise received credit for 742 days. He is currently 18 years old and is being held at the Green Bay Correctional Institution. He has no discharge date. During his time in custody, saying that Martise has gotten into trouble would be an understatement. He got into a fight with another inmate and picked up an additional battery charge. I always save the victim of these tragic crimes for the end of my show because I don't want them to be forgotten. I want their lives to be remembered. Kaylee Juga was a kind, loving, and caring young girl. She excelled in anything that she put her mind to. Kaylee was an honor roll student. She loved cheerleading, music, and dancing. Anyone who knew Kaylee said she always had a smile on her face. She was a hard worker. She had plans of attending university and even adopting children. At 15 years old, Kaylee was determined to succeed in life. But Kaylee was not the only victim. Her mother, Stephanie, was also a victim. She lost her daughter. I commend Stephanie and the entire Juga family for just being able to have their lives be out in the open. Their trial is up on YouTube and it can be viewed by millions of people. She got on that stand and had to relive that tragic moment. But she did it because she wanted justice for her daughter. A visitation and celebration of Kaylee's life was held on May 20th, 2019, where friends and family came together to honor Kaylee. Rest in peace, Kaylee. You are loved and missed by your family, friends, and everyone who knew you. Thank you for always being kind and bringing joy to everyone's life. This week's missing child is 15-year-old Sanaya Law from Toledo, Ohio. Sanaya Law has been missing since September 14, 2021. Sanaya was last seen in Toledo wearing a purple bodysuit dress. She is African-American, 5'3", and weighs about 160 pounds. If I have any listeners tuning in from Ohio or the surrounding area, and you guys have any information, please contact the Toledo Police Department at 419-245-3340. Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening to my show. Don't forget to follow the show on TikTok and Instagram at Killer Kids Podcast, and that's Killer Kids with a Z. Thank you for listening. Be well.